1: Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. Thank you very much for downloading our number one of Friday's Ben Jarofsky show. Well, Let me tell you about our number two of Friday's Ben Jarofsky show. We had in the studio, J.K., Jacob Kaplan, executive director of the Cook County Democratic Party, and Andrew Schneider, political guru, geek, preservationist, extraordinary. We took the deep dive on all things politics. Let me tell you something. It's such a great deep dive, D. We set off the geek meter. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. Committeemen's races, state reps' races, state senate races. Then we got into national politics. What should the Dems do in impeachment? If you really want to know what's going down in Chicago and Illinois politics, you have to check out our number two. Of Friday's Ben
2: Jarofsky Show. (laughs) Your Ben Jarofsky Show for Friday, December 6th. This moments away. But before we get into that, we'd like to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. First up, it's the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9. The International Association of Machinists and Aerospace, Not Aerosmith Workers, Local 126 and District 8. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by our dear friends. At the Chicago Federation of Labor. Let's hear that song <laughs> of the day, buddy. <laughs> the Ben Jeronsky Show starts now. <laughs> it is Friday, December sixth, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue. This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's another Ramona Rundown with Sun Times editor Ramona Hussein. Our neighborhood Chicago preservationist Andrew Schneider returns, and it's all things Democratic and Illinois politics with the Illinois political know-it-all himself, Jacob Kaplan. And now your host, Chicago Reader Columnist, Ben Jarovsky. Hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky
1: here. We're calling this Important Clarification Friday. And here's why. Important clarification in the Chicago Sun-Times today by our good friend, young Tom Shuba, uh, along with Fran Spielman. It was a joint project by between the two reporters. We'll get to it. Hey,
2: what? wait, Tom Shuba's the reefer writer. Joint project? Oh my goodness, Ben. Come on,
1: man! That like gets got a million. <laughs> I got a million of them. One of my favorite topics: marijuana legalization of marijuana, or as Dennis likes to call it, reefer. And um, <laughs> just threw that out of me. Didn't even bat an eye. I think I'm the only <laughs> one who calls it reefer. Anyway Uh, that's a very uh one of my favorite absolute favorite topics uh because in a large degree marijuana is so freaking harmless uh relative to, to all the other indulgences people have in this country uh like uh alcohol gambling i think marijuana would be third definitely below them in terms of the destruction it causes and yet so much uh attention is paid to making it illegal i just love pointing that out anyway We'll finally have it. Uh, it will be legal in the state of Illinois as of January first. So, thank you uh, one more time, Governor Pritzker and uh, General Assembly members, for uh, passing that law. But there's a lot of ambiguity in the law. And yesterday, young Tom Shuba, the reefer writer for the Chicago Sun Times, uh, pointed out in a story headline, "Not in your backyard." Very clever. I like that. With the <laughs> they always had, they must have stock pictures at the Sun Times. And we we gotta ask Brian about this. There's a stock picture. I'll show it for Facebook. Well, viewers, of somebody smoking a joint. I don't know where they got that, but the person. Oh, that, that was
2: me in the alley <laughs> last week behind the Suntime building. They, like, well, you're more they a, got a picture of that. Yeah,
1: you're more of a Bond guy, aren't you? Anyway, um, and here's a Chicagoans caught smoking weed on front porches and in backyards, even high rise balconies that are visible to the public could still face fines after the drug is legalized next year, Chicago police says. And the story goes on to point out there's ambiguities in the law and that if you're in a public place, uh, you could be arrested for smoking uh, a joint, you could be fined, uh, you could be ticketed in a public place could be anything where the public can see you that means front porch balcony backyard etc ambiguity in the law right uh and uh, that that causes confusion hey what's the difference between smoking in my backyard and smoking in my living room is if is it legal or is it not legal what's going on here immediately and i mean immediately lori lightfoot mayor lightfoot had a clarification an important clarification that's correct thank you robert Mueller. and that was in today Times, as i said uh tom schubert and france wrote this and it was also in the tribune it was funny when, when a tangent here within a tangent d uh when one paper breaks a story which forces an announcement from a public official like lori lightfoot the other paper feels compelled to uh cover the major announcement. They may not give credit to the original paper which started the story in the first place, so I don't think I don't know if the Tribune gave uh, Tom Schubert credit for it. Anyway, uh, we're giving Tom Schubert credit here on our show. Uh, Lori Lightfoot and the interim Chicago Police Superintendent Charlie Beck issued a statement saying the Chicago Police Department recognizes that an individual using cannabis in their own backyard or balcony poses no direct threat to the public safety, and no resident should be arrested or ticketed for such a scenario. Any characterization to the contrary is simply wrong. See, so the statement is any characterization to the contrary is basically a shot of Thomas Shuba's article. So their matter... At the messenger. As always, the messenger gets roughed up in this town. And they're mad at Tommy Shuba for doing the, what he should do, which is point out the obvious, is that there's ambiguity in the law that leads it wide open to all kinds of enforcement that could be troublesome and problematic and continue the problems that we've had with the enforcement of marijuana laws. He did us public service by pointing that out. And, of course, they're mad at him a couple of uh points immediately popped to my mind when I read this and think about this number 1 uh mayor lori lightfoot's pu- public relations machine is uh up on the job boom they saw this as a potential liability or problem boom they hit the ground running so <laughs> number 1 <laughs> Man, Is he fast in the draw? Uh, I don't even know how many I have on this list, but uh, we'll start with number one. So give give the PR machine credit for just, boom, counterattack. Now, see this difference between me and Lori Lightfoot. If we were me, I'd have said, you know what? Let's give Tom Schuba credit. He raised some very good points in that Chicago Sun-Times article. There are some ambiguities that we have to study. Uh-uh. But the PR machine of Lori Lightfoot is no. Anybody who says anything to the country is wrong, even if they're right. Uh, number two, young Thomas Shuba. Let's give him a round of applause, D. Huh? The guy did a great job. Tom Shuba. The uh, the the superstar reefer reporter in uh, the city of Chicago. Great job forcing this issue uh, out in the open. And oh, num- sorry, hold on.
2: Number, Number two. two.
1: Yeah. Okay. And now here we go. Number three. Uh, the clarification is not really a clarification uh, because. Uh, the key word in the clarification is should. They shouldn't do the arrest, which means they probably can do the arrests. Uh, so this is a potential problem going down the road, just as Tommy Shuba said. It's an ambiguity in the law. And it reminds me of a conversation I had many years ago with a marijuana smoker that I will just call v Train okay and v-train is uh bowls in the league where i bowl uh and then loves to indulge in uh smoking of the marijuana uh and this is many years ago about 2011 i want to say when Mick Dunkey and i were getting just getting started on our crusade uh to expose the uh the uh, arbitrariness of uh, the double standards in which the, the law was pa- uh, uh enforced black people were getting ticketed and, and uh fined and brought into jail for uh smoking marijuana possessing marijuana and white people were largely let uh, let go on it and uh, as a result of some of our reporting it got picked up by other newspapers uh, politicians started talking about decriminalizing and mayor Rahm slowly moved toward away from a policy of arresting people for possession of marijuana to ticketing them and vj pointed out v train pointed out to me he said you know uh i'm not happy with your articles. And I said, why? You're a marijuana smoker. You should be happy that we're moving uh, toward legalization. And he pointed out, he said, as a white man, I'm already free to smoke marijuana. It is already legal for me. What your coverage, you and Mick McDumpkey are doing, are forcing the city to move toward a process of ticketing. So suddenly I may be ticketed for something uh, that I got away with scot-free in the past. So you're really not doing me any favors, Ben, with your stories. You know, and I've often thought about uh, V-Train's observations. Of course, he was high at the time he made them, so that probably gave him greater (laughs) insight. Uh, But I'll say this about him. Uh, As opposed to everybody else, pretty much, uh, when it comes to marijuana, at least he was honest about how the system affected him. We got a great show today, everybody. Ramana Hussein will be in here, Chicago Sun Times editor. It's Ramana rundown every Friday in the Ben show. Oh, uh, we're going to do a little Eddie Johnson Gate update. Uh, we haven't had a chance to talk with Ramana about that, and uh, maybe bring up some uh, Hillary and Nancy Pelosi uh, stories uh, with Ramana. A lot of Hillary, do it, do it. Uh, Nancy Pelosi clips to play. Uh, Nancy, uh, Hillary Clinton was on the Howard Stern show. Was no. it yesterday, D? It was two days ago. Two days ago, and there, Howard Stern's been dropping uh, oh, clips Hillary, of it. <laughs> come on. People may not know this, uh, but Dr. D is a huge fan. I'm not making this up. A well, huge fan of Howard Stern. I'm a radio
2: guy, so, you know, I kind of... Loves Howard the territory, Stern.
1: Right? And one, among the, one of the presents he gave me about a year ago was the Howard Stern movie. No, it wasn't a... which pro- let you borrow it, dude. Oh, it wasn't a present. <laughs> no, let you borrow it. Oops. Uh, that reminds me of the time that uh, Terry Cosgrove yeah. let me get out, so, and then I just assumed that I it was mine. He goes, "Where's that get out <laughs> video?" Anyway, sorry, Terry. Uh, but anyway, Howard Stern interviewed uh, Hillary Clinton. Got some clips to play from that. Probably going to be writing about that uh, because Hillary uh, still fighting Bernie Sanders. Uh, it's pretty clear that the, those wounds have not healed. Uh, gets into a lot of issues that the Democrats are facing as they uh, head into the 2020 season. This split between mainstream centrist Democrats and Democrats of the lefty progressive persuasion is not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, it's pretty clear from the comments that Hillary Clinton made on the Howard Stern show. And I'd I love to get Dennis's thoughts on how Howard Stern did his performance uh, interviewing uh, Hillary Clinton. So we'll talk to Ramon about that. And Nancy Pelosi, man, she went off. She was uh, very, uh, she, she gave some some pretty interesting comments uh, regarding Donald John Trump uh, and hate in her heart. We'll play that. Talk about that. Uh, Andrew Schneider will be here uh, later in the show. Preservationist talking about the pres- uh, the fight to preserve buildings in Chicago, the political process and the zoning process that governs that. Uh, and Andrew is also a political geek, so he'll stick around with J.K. Jacob Kaplan, executive director. Of the Dem- uh, Cook County Democratic Party shows up. You're going to say, "Oh, Jacob Kaplan's here." Danny Polgashelski will be here as as well. Uh-uh, negatory. Young Daniel uh, had to cancel. So it's uh, Jacob going solo. It'll be like I Simon and Garfunkel.
2: Those commercials we've been doing for him being a uh, ordained minister are paying off. Yeah, I guess so, because he must have got a gig. I think he's in Paris. Don't quote me Whoa. on
3: that. Yeah,
2: he sent me a text. I can't remember where he is. Right. He's somewhere very important and doing something very Whoa, important. If he's uh, ordaining a wedding, I want some of that cash, all right? <laughs> been doing those you commercials. Can, so. uh, hey,
1: come on. Share the share the good stuff. So uh, Jacob will be like Paul Simon going solo. Uh, he'll be here in the studio. He'll be talking a lot of Paula stuff though, all Time out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, we'll talk about Arroyo Gate, uh, Louis Arroyo. Uh, that's a funny little tale. Uh, that story broke the last time Jacob was in the studio. we talk about that, some of the surprising races I had for the Democrats. And we'll get his thoughts on uh, Hillary and Bernie and Nancy Pelosi and impeachment, all the good political stuff of the day. But before we do any of that, new. before we
2: do any of that, the young man from Alton with the news. Give me back my movie. How's it going? I'm Dennis. Happy Friday. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Welcome to Iowa, Mayor Lightfoot. (laughs) Yes, Lori Lightfoot is visiting our neighboring state today. And no, she's not there to ask for help on the city's budget deficit. That was so three weeks ago. Her budget passed the city council. Keep up, people. (laughs) She's at the home of the Hawkeyes to interview, quite possibly, Ben Jarofsky's least favorite presidential (laughs) candidate in the history of Ben Jarofsky. And believe me, that's a long history. Well,
1: just on the Democratic side. Democratic side, let's make that clear. Oh. Important clarification. If okay. it is a long history. I would vote for this person, I presume it's the person I'm thinking of, over Donald John Trump.
2: It's South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Ah, uh, yeah, so, yeah, Mayor Pete, yeah. More on that in moments, but first, Illinois Governor Jamie Pritzker. And for the record, I love puppies. <laughs> You know, I guess when the mayor is away, the governor will use one of her go-to political moves. Today, J.B. Pritzker was or is at the West O'Hare to address the Illinois Judges Association luncheon. Come on, J.B. That's right out of the Lori Lightfoot playbook. She loves luncheons, everybody. This evening, Pritzker will be giving remarks (laughs) at a service honoring Reverend Clay Evans. And, J.B., if I read anything about you singing some Todd Rundgren song, we're going to (laughs) have problems, buddy. (laughs) Am I right, Ben? Uh, yeah. JB no, J.
1: Pritzker's more of a Steve Miller. Remember that? And Eagles fan. Oh, I should yeah. so stay that in way.
2: your lane, JB. Yeah, Sing uh, Hotel California. Quit taking the mayor's moves. All right. The governor made the headlines Thursday. A few times, in fact. One story involved him signing a bill designed to put some pressure on elected officials who also want side jobs as lobbyists because, listeners, we're going to let you in on a little secret. <laughs> A lot of elected officials have side jobs as lobbyists. How many elected officials are lobbyists, you may be asking? Well, on Wednesday, J.B. Pritzker named four hand-picked appointees to his newly formed ethics commission, one of them being former state rep Stephen Anderson. By the way, that's two S's S's, in the end. yes. Isn't that interesting? Very weird. (laughs) He likes the S. (laughs) (laughs) Then on Thursday, right after Pritzker signed this lobbyist bill and made a big deal about it, Stephen Anderson suddenly gets kicked off the ethics commission because... Turns out he's a lobbyist. Oh, no. Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> Legislators last month passed a resolution to create the Joint Commission on Ethics and Lobbying Reform. The resolution bars anyone who registered or worked as a lobbyist in the previous five years. So, therefore, based on the information you just heard there, one out of four <laughs> could be your answer. One out of four elected officials in Illinois could potentially be a lobbyist. I uh, Listen, I...
1: Listen, I don't believe, and I've said this many times and put it in print, I don't believe the words ethics or reform should ever be used uh, in application to the state of Illinois. I just like, just don't do it. Everybody's always reforming stuff in Illinois. Everybody's always imposing ethical standards in Illinois. And guess what, D? People keep behaving unethically and unreformingly. I just get there's something. I don't even know if it's Illinois, by the way. I know Illinois, and I know Chicago. I spent so much of my time studying it. But I have a feeling that it's widespread and that this kind of behavior happens pretty much everywhere. But Illinois and Chicago has such a bad reputation, so many governors. Although I think New York's had as many politicians go to jail for corruption uh, in the last 10 years as Illinois. But anyway— uh, anybody who uses the words ethics or reform in the state of Illinois, uh, you're, you're, I think you're being unwise. Generally what happens, uh, somebody gets caught doing something unethical or illegal in the state of Illinois, and then everybody in Illinois says, oh my God, I'm shocked. And they've put together a blue ribbon panel to investigate a- ethics reforms and what we could do to change this culture of unethical behavior. And then guess what, D? The- D? <laughs> a year later somebody else gets caught doing some something unethical and i just think it's about the human condition you know what i'm saying and i just think there's something about the human condition people just they they just it's not enough to be a public official And earn what a public official earns. You got to know. You got to take it one step further. You got to make a little more money. You got to. You're tempted to pick up this and a little more power, and and have a little more control over other people. Uh, And uh, so it's just it's it's on display all the time in the city of Chicago and in the state of Illinois. By the way, in Washington too. I know Donald Trump went to Washington to clean up the swamp. Seems like the swamp's still thriving in Washington. Uh, so, you know, anybody who says they're going to go to Washington to clean up the swamp is sort of like somebody in Chicago or Illinois talking about ethics and reform.
2: Yeah, so old Stephen 2S Anderson was kicked <laughs> off the committee. Pritzker Thursday appointed the newest new member of the Ethics Commission, former Illinois Senate Republican leader Christine, not a lobbyist, Rodoyo.
1: Oh, I remember when she uh, left, the, she got frustrated with uh, Bruce Rauner. And during the, God, the Rauner years. Wow. Just, just just saying the name brought back so many memories of budget crises. Ah, the battle <laughs> days. God, yeah. You say what you will, people, but it's better today than it was then. I think everybody will agree. Uh, Yay well, for our teachers! Uh, Bruce, Yay right? for our teachers! Uh, but, uh, yeah, she quit. She was the uh, Senate uh, Republican leader in uh, about 2017, I want to say. She stepped down because she couldn't take another minute of Bruce Runner, apparently.
2: All right, moving on to Mayor Lightfoot's trip to Iowa. As we said, Lori Lightfoot will be interviewing 2020 presidential candidate and barely South Bend, Indiana mayor, (laughs) Pete Buttigieg. He's been, you know, doing a lot of presidential campaigning
1: lately. Not actually the former South Bend. They had an election Couple weeks ago, they Man. elected a new guy.
2: So I we, need to keep up on my Indiana yeah. politics, <laughs> South Bend I guess. politics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's joining the presidential candidate this evening for a and A at a presidential forum, and now we go to the Lori Lightfoot PR team letter. The letter states that there will be no Pete Buttigieg endorsement from the Chicago mayor, but Lightfoot will quote pepper the South Bend, Indiana mayor with questions about issues facing Chicago and other cities. Dendrowski, what political problem will Lori pontificate and peppering Pete? Oh, I like the perhaps peep. police. Yeah, you pr- <laughs> well, that's by, by the way, uh,
1: that's a very good point. Oh, that's a powerful point that you just made. That's correct. Uh, uh, Mayor Pete has had some issues uh, with the police and the black community in South Bend, much as we've had here in the city of Chicago. My guess is that it will not be a particularly hard-hitting interview. I'm just throwing that out there. It's just my guess that it will not be a particularly hard-hitting issue. And, and uh, I think the greater point, which I, I, I've i made before, is that there is not a consensus on the part of mayors in this country uh, to rally around an urban agenda this sound so 70s and 80s an urban agenda that they would be advocating uh, Washington DC D- D. to pass, which means more money for transportation, more uh, money for policing, more money for education in, in, in the big cities of our country. More and more big cities are uh, at each other's throats. They're trying to use their economic development dollars to uh, entice companies, private companies to move from one big city to another. So instead of working together, they're working at odds with each other. I've not really heard at all uh in this democratic primary and i've watched all the debates i've not heard any discussion of an urban agenda it's pretty much not even on the books Uh, the assumption is is that people in big cities are just automatically going to vote for democrats and so most of the effort is being put on people in suburban districts or swing districts in rural areas and uh so i doubt it'll be a hard-hitting interview uh but each of them could ask each other about what they're doing uh to promote an urban agenda and why is it a good idea let's say for indiana uh, cities in Indiana to be battling cities in Illinois and Wisconsin uh, for the right to pay billions of dollars in subsidies to get Amazon to move to one of their locales. I think that would be an interesting topic for a discussion, but I don't think that'll be on the agenda.
2: And while tongue twisters are as equally as fun as reading overly hyped PR letters we here on the Ben Jarofsky Show, we remember the last time Lori Lightfoot gave an interview to a national political figure.
0: How did you go from <laughs> sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. Yes,
2: it was former 2016 (laughs) presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. She was with her daughter, Chelsea, and they were talking about their book, and the performance was uh, a little light on the pepper.
0: Madam Secretary, you talk a lot about um, the mothers of your friends, where you went to their houses and you knew that they were going to be kind and generous and supportive of you. So that, that theme of women being present, and how they make a difference. Um, talk a little bit about that and, and how that, again, animated some of the, the selections that you made of people in the book. That's a great question, Mayor, because um, I wanted to include uh, women who I could distinctly remember the impact that they had on me. And, you know, obviously historical figures. I, I you know, I never knew Helen Keller or Anne Frank or Maria Tallchief or... Amelia Earhart. But as a little girl, they made a big impression on me. <laughs> <Huh>?
1: <laughs> I remember Maya. She was on fire. She had, uh, Maya was at that particular uh, forum where uh, Mayor Lightfoot inter- inter- interviewed Hillary Clinton. And Chelsea Clinton was there as well, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Maya was on fire. She came in. She goes, "I want to talk about this. I didn't even, I didn't know about it, and I hadn't heard the clips." And Maya just was on fire on it because she said it was a very a lost opportunity uh, for very powerful women to talk about what it takes to get elected, uh, what it takes to exert their power, uh, sort of like the conflicts they face. Sorry about that. Yeah, and, and instead they, it was just sort of like. You're wonderful. No, you're wonderful. No, 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 no. Can I just say this? You're wonderful. And it was one of those things. Uh, So anyway, very Uh, disappointing. Not a lot of high hopes for a hard-hitting interview with uh, Mayor Pete. Kind of reminds you
2: of uh, that uh, interview Hillary had recently, right? Oh, yes. It does remind me <laughs> of that interview. Great segue. We're talking about Howard Stern's recent interview with Hillary Clinton a few days ago. You referred to it earlier. Mm-hmm. And Ben wanted me to play a specific clip where Hillary mentioned uh, Russia.
4: Ever want to just lay in bed and say, fuck this. I'm getting oh, out. Oh, my. I mean, going to go into full seclusion. No. And they're never going to hear from me again.
0: No. First of all. Um, that would only delight my adversaries. Um, so I would never do that. But secondly, I have this unique perspective, some of which we've been talking you about do. today. I have a unique perspective. I have a particular understanding of the Russian threat. And it's not going to only be Russia. I mean, so you must be laying awake at I night. I do, I worry a lot. Because you know how, I, what the shenanigans yes, are. I yes, worry, I worry a lot. You've negotiated yeah. with mm-hmm. them, you've
4: seen secret intelligence. I have. And you know that, you know, there's these guys who phone from Nigeria, who phone your home and somehow finagle six grand out of I you know, by doing that. Yeah. And you're brilliant at yeah, it. Yeah. I can only imagine what's going on when Vladimir Putin sits there and plans against the United States.
0: Well, but you know, you can read the the indictments against the Russians. And I, you know, a lot of people didn't pay attention to it, but it's very uh, informative and scary. Do you mean the Mueller report? Yeah, the yeah. indictments. Okay. The report itself, I think is also worth reading. But if you read the indictments, you know, basically they were like, hey, Let's do everything we can to elect Donald Trump. I mean, that's those, those are quotes. Those are taken, words Those said, are words yeah. that taken, and they also said Bernie Sanders. But you know, that's another for another day. Do we day. hate
4: Bernie Sanders? What? Do we hate Bernie Sanders?
0: No, I don't hate anybody.
4: Bernie could have endorsed you quicker. Uh, he could have. You he him. hurt
0: me. There's no doubt about it. He hurt me. But going back to the indictments, because that's right. what's really important.
4: Have you ever spoken to Bernie about that? No, no. You I don't mean, talk to him.
0: I don't talk to him. I mean, we did when he finally endorsed me and all that. And
4: but he you're he upset made. with him?
0: No, I'm disappointed disappointed okay. okay so and and i hope he doesn't do it again to whoever gets the nomination
2: shout I, out to the howard stern show for the audio i hope
1: he doesn't do it again to whoever gets the nomination and that's the part of the uh, the excerpt that i that i really struck home the assumption there of course is that bernie sanders won't get the nomination and look i i don't want to relitigate the 2016 fight between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, except that I feel compelled to reliticate that fight. a fight never really goes away, and I'll tell you why. Because it's very much alive in the Democratic Party. It, the Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders obviously represent two different wings of the Democratic Party that are having an ideological struggle. The left wing and the right wing or the centrist wing, whatever you want to call it. And they never made any really... Uh, They've really never attempted to reconcile. And when... Hillary speaks about Bernie that way, it shows that she's not done any reflection on what role she and the leaders of the Democratic Party had in aggravating and alienating the Bernie Sanders wing of the Democrats in 2016. And she walks around as though she were wounded and Bernie betrayed her when, as many Bernie Sanders supporters will tell you, it was the other way around. Very much uh, back in 2016 when the Democrats, the leaders of the Democratic Party were actively plotting against Bernie to guarantee that Hillary would get the nomination. So we like to think of our primary season as a fair fight. And uh, in reality, the the hand was on, the thumb was on the scales, weighing things to the benefit of Hillary Clinton. And let me just bring it back to here, Chicago. In Chicago, pretty much anybody who runs for office likes to present themselves as the underdog running against the machine, and the assumption is that the machine is working against them. Even people who support Hillary Clinton use this kind of rhetoric when they're running uh, for the first time, and uh, when they're running against an incumbent, let's say. Uh, so it was very much the case where Bernie Sanders was running against a Democratic machine, and that machine used every trick of its tra- uh, at, at its disposal to defeat Bernie Sanders. But they wouldn't recognize that. They wouldn't acknowledge that. And that was brought out in the open, yes, by the, the Russians uh, hacking into Democratic computers and and, release, and releasing all the information to private emails that the Democrats have been sending out uh, about Bernie Sanders, sabotaging Bernie Sanders. So yes, the Ro- Russians played a big role uh, in picking apart the scabs and ripping them apart and uh, exposing the differences between Bernie and Hillary factions of the Democratic Party. But I've not seen the centrists And when I say centrist, I mean Rahm Emanuel's, Barack Obama's, Hillary Clinton's make any kind of substantive, substantive moves to assure the Bernie Sanders wing of the party that those days are over. Instead, it's always shut up and fall in line. It's the same old, same old, D, from 2016. It's like they never want to learn, and they just want to go into this election with the same divisions in the party and the same uh, sorts of conflicts. So that, to me, was a very telling point uh, when Hillary Clinton said that uh, in the Howard Stern interview.
2: And uh, while I must admit I have my problems with this Howard Stern interview, at least Howard Stern did a better job than Lori Lightfoot talking to Hillary Clinton.
0: How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? <laughs> good question, Mayor. Good question. Was it? <laughs>
1: good question. Ramana Hussein. Was that a good question? In your humble opinion, you've heard a lot of
5: questions.
2: No comment. <laughs> <laughs>
5: so
1: just like that, you're now in the
2: know of what's going on locally. We'll keep you posted on these stories as today's program rolls along. Don't go anywhere, because coming up after this short little break, it's another Romana Rundown with Sun-Times editor Romana Hussein. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. The Ben Jaromsky Show is supported by Northwestern University's part-time master's program in literature and liberal studies. Students learn from dynamic and diverse faculty as they build advanced skills for critical analysis, writing, and research. Evening classes are held on Northwestern's Evanston and Chicago campuses. The spring quarter application deadline is January 15th. Learn more at sps.northwestern.edu slash masters.
1: Hey, everybody, what you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Emma's in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel.
2: Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show
1: live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Ramana's saying in the studio, man. I always have to go, are we on? Because Romana and I start getting these side conversations in between, uh, fascinating stuff. Boy, I tell you what, if we could only play the stuff that's <laughs> not <laughs> suitable for airing in a public airway. Uh, <laughs> wow, some of the stuff that came out of Ramana's mouth just now uh, about all kinds of issues. Uh, Ramana, first of all, I haven't seen you, so uh, welcome back to you and me. I wasn't yeah, here I
5: hope you hope you had a good thanksgiving
1: i did have a good i did thanksgiving. did you have a good thanksgiving
5: yeah we usually do my family um we used to do thanksgiving every well mick suggested after we got married maybe we should do thanksgiving one year at his his place his family's place in michigan and one year at you know the next year at my mom's but we coming from an immigrant family we do thanksgiving like at regular dinner time we don't eat like at one so one year we <laughs> ate at mick's family's place and then we end up going back to chicago because i had to work on friday and it was eight seven o'clock chicago time and oh let's go to my mom's and then we had
1: yeah we we do we're the same way i've never for what it's worth uh never been for the one o'clock i don't know
5: it's it's different for my family because we all, just eat normal dinner time
1: it's exactly what we did and uh anyway i was i had a wonderful thanksgiving with a bunch of did you cook uh, no, <laughs> no. They, we, I was with a whole bunch of my wife and I uh, went to California to visit oh, our fine. daughters, okay. and we were a uh, house filled with millennials, and oh. and they all did the cooking, and I just sat around, read, and watched football, and you know talked about politics. It was sort of like having the show, only uh, I was in that little house, and then about seven o'clock, or, we sat down and ate a feast, so it was great, and Good. I had a lot to be thankful for, including uh, your presence on a regular basis. Uh, every Friday on my show, so lots to be thankful for for me this oh, last thank year. Thank you. Right. I know that. <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> well, wow. it's true. I feel that way. All right. Correct. Uh, thank you, Robert Mueller. I'm thankful for you too, Robert Mueller. All right, uh, Eddie Gate. Uh, the one thing I regret uh, is that you were not here uh, when Eddie Gate broke. I... I'm utterly obsessed with this story. Uh, Eddie Johnson, of course, former police chief. Bounce. We've talked about him. And yeah.
5: So... And you know, it's really funny. I always. You know, I'm, start to, I'm supposed to start work at a certain time. I'm always a few minutes late. And right when I walked in on Monday, I sat down and then I heard Lori Lightfoot's voice, you know, because we had all the TVs on in the newsroom. And wow, she was really shaking. I don't know if you saw the uh, footage. She was so angry. She was shaking. I heard it. I did not see it. Yeah. Yet. When you watch it, you can see her visible, visibly shaking at one point. So yeah, our, my, our week basically, my week started with Eddie Johnson gate. All, yeah, right, Eddie all right Eddie Gate all right Eddie Gate sorry
1: uh, of course Eddie yeah, I call that's it okay Eddie. we just made it up yeah, no. <laughs> well I just put gate at the end of everything uh, but Eddie Gate sounds so good and, and pretty much everybody oh no that's not true I go and pretty much everybody knows what you're talking about when you say Eddie Gate but then it was somebody I texted about Eddie Gate and when they say well, are you talking about Ed Burke uh, <laughs> that's but, true yeah you know because there's a couple of Eddie Gates in those uh, Eddie Johnson of course uh, was uh, fired by uh, Lori Lightfoot because she said he lied uh, in regards to what he was doing uh, on October 17th I think that's the date. I can't believe I remember the date. Uh, originally, he, he had been discovered, Ramon and I talked to as many times, behind the wheel of a, his car, out not far from his home, slumped over the steering wheel. He said he had a few drinks with some friends. Uh, and it turns out he was drinking at a downtown bar uh, with a woman who's not his wife. Chicago, of course, is just going titillate it's so titillating
5: yeah and there's definitely more to the story i think and i think we'll know once we see the ig report which everybody i'm sure
1: inspector general yeah
5: sorry i'm using terms that maybe not everybody Mm -hmm. would know so the inspector general report um yeah and, and apparently i don't drink so i don't know that much about you know, this place called series cafe, but apparently the drinks there are really strong. Like if you order one drink, um, one of our young reporters, Sam Charles was telling me what, you know, how strong the drinks are. And so I was like, well, how okay. strong are they? <laughs> so he was telling me what he usually orders. And he was saying that the glass is so huge. And he's like, you know, there's no way you could drink that much, but apparently it's a, it's at the board of trade or I don't know. I, I forgot where it is, but is it, do you know, have you ever heard of this restaurant called series table? No. So I'm there's a, clueless. there's a place called series table. Uh-huh. And the funny thing was, I know you, last time I went to India, I was staying at a bed and breakfast and I met this woman was, I know, it's a very stereotypical thing. I was like, it's very rare for someone to be at a, bed and breakfast, who's actually South Asian. Everybody else is there foreign. So I was like, you know, an anomaly. And so I met this woman and then she's like, Oh, you're from Chicago. And she told me her boyfriend owned series table. So when I heard series cafe, I'm like, I want to send her I want to send her a Facebook message. And to say, you know, she was like traveling India doing the whole eat, pray, love thing and telling me how she loved the elephants. And anybody who's from <laughs> India always rolls their eyes that those kind of people go to India to discover themselves, but yeah. she's a very nice woman. So she kept telling me, you have to eat at Siri's ta- table. So when I saw Siri's cafe, I'm like, my god I wonder if this is affiliated with it so anyway Eddie Johnson was is at it? this I don't know I no, gotta okay. google it I've been googling it and I was gonna send her a message yeah. and I go do you think this, these are affiliated but anyway um yeah so apparently it's a bar where you you know if you're drinking there or have more than two drinks you're like completely wasted and I guess he was there for a couple hours and he was caught on camera making out with this woman well they said yeah. according to our uh reporting kissing her several times and I just think there's more to the story. And, and, you know, a lot of people who aren't in journalism are asking me these questions like why? You know, that's obviously something that he crossed the line in his marriage, but that's not illegal. Why? And the whole thing is that he was in a squad car, correct? Not a squad car, but a police issued car correct that's what someone told me i thought he was in his own personal suv uh, I, was it a i thought it was a police issued suv okay but i could be wrong mm-hmm. and he waved off his driver and then he was home and then we're hearing that the you know the car was idling outside his house yeah. for a few, several minutes or as noticeable so mm-hmm. i think there's more to the story as well, we you know we're hearing rumors and insinuations so we right let's we'll see what happens i
1: uh, i'm all over the map on this story uh it, it Number one, I do believe, oh God, this is going to sound so horrible, but I do believe in due process. I believe that even the superintendent of police is entitled uh, to the same rights. Let's say that Donald Trump has as president of the United States. And so he just, you know, an accusation does not mean guilt. Okay. So that's number one. I must say that. Uh, And uh, number two, um, (laughs) I... You said we be you, you began by talking about the anger that Lori Lightfoot expressed yeah, it on was, Monday. you have to watch the video. You have to watch it. Yeah, I haven't seen the video. I've heard it and I've read the quotes. Oh, my God, Romana. I'm having a little bit of doubt about the, the notion that Lori Lightfoot learned about this matter.
5: Recently? Two, yes. You think she heard probably I, what I, happened to...
1: I'm thinking... I'm this thinking, is equivalent to the Laquan McDonald video where Mayor oh, Rahm... Oh, the video came out. Yeah, the, the video was a released over uh, a y- year after the actual shooting, and Mayor Rahm insisted that he never saw the video yeah. until it was released, so he didn't know what was on oh. it. And it ever, later, it was established that's well, first of all, nobody believes him on that subject. Yeah. And secondly, it was established that he was told point blank what was in there. So there was no, it was no surprise. I have a hard time believing.
5: That she never heard the rumors and insinuations. Yes, that, well, maybe, I'm. Um, this is what I'm thinking. Maybe she heard the rumors and the insinuations and she was just waiting to hear more details and she got an update on the report. Like, do you think, okay, you know how the whole thing, the the question is also, I think one of the things a lot of people are saying is why... You know, she was always talking about how she doesn't want the poli- there to be a code of silence or police protecting each other. And mm-hmm. so that's what part of this, you know, the investigation entails, because we've been hearing that there might be other heads that are rolling with, you know, people who, you know, covered up his story or, or if he alleged, you know, if he lied, as she's as, as the mayor saying. So maybe she heard the rumors and she was giving him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. And then she got, maybe the videotape came out and all the cops weren't releasing it.
2: I got it pulled up here on the Chicago Tribune. It says that it was his police vehicle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Uh so See, I sometimes I do know something. <laughs> no, sometimes.
1: <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so She's the editor. You better know things. Yeah, <laughs> you edit these
5: stories. I know, but you're a reporter who like is all about these things.
1: So. Yes. No, I am obsessive SUV and then I just made that personal. So uh, I sit corrected uh, and uh, you were absolutely correct. So there's that at matter uh, that it was a that, public, Yeah, like what, vehicle. what
5: he, w- you know, and if he was driving under the influence or if anything else was happening inside the vehicle.
1: Well, uh, and and so, yeah, so the way, the dismissive way that Lori uh, Lifer treated it when it first a- arose, she said, well, you know, he can, he's allowed to have a few drinks. He told me he's going to have a few drinks.
5: Yeah. Uh, My question is having a kidney. <laughs> How, to, how does okay, like I said, I don't drink, so I don't know, but I, I know that your kidney gets affected. So, having a kidney transplant, I wonder how that affects,
1: yeah. No, your it, it's not a good story, anyway. Around <laughs> sorry, uh, and then there's the old, the whole issue, uh, which is what's on tapes, yes. And so, it's unclear, like, what tapes we're talking about. First, maybe th-
5: the police didn't give Lori the tape, right? Or do you think she asked for tape? Would you even think there would be videotape? Available? Well, first of
1: all, there's two. There, there's two tapes. Yeah. There's like the tape of what was going on in the, the cafe, restaurant yeah. in, the, in the in the bar series cafe. Yeah, yeah. which was available. Probably right away soon, right away. Now, then there's the issue of, did he tell her that's where he was? Is that, did he tell her originally that's where he was? Or did he give her a different bar? I don't know. I mean, uh, Uh,
5: there was a story that I read right before I came in that said that he was at a different bar before that he went to series cafe. I see.
1: So maybe he didn't tell her about the series cafe. You know, he left that detail out. Uh, I'll send
5: you the link to the article that I was talking about.
1: and, and, And so you know, there's the, the possibility that um, you're right, that there's a possibility that she uh, saw the report that completely contradicted the inspector general's report, a preliminary report that contradicted everything that Eddie Johnson had told her that she had believed and then she was embarrassed that she went public to support him, uh, even though he Yeah, so
5: I don't know. Maybe he never mentioned the series cafe. You don't know. There's so many bars in Chicago. We're known for like having many bars, right? Right. So who knows? I don't know what he said. You know, like obviously we're writing on what is coming out. Yeah, and we're hearing a lot of rumors and insinuations too. So
1: right, and so you have to be careful. And like, there's two sets of videos. First of all, there was reports about a body cam camera, so people are wondering what's on that video, and then there's the video of what happened at the bar series. So people want to know what's on that video. Are these videos going to be released?
5: I think they might be maybe when the, when the inspector general's report comes out, because I can't imagine that we didn't FOIA. I'm sure everybody's FOIAing the videotapes. or. I hadn't the thought of that. Out. Has
1: the Sun-Times FOIAed it yet? Or you don't Oh, know?
5: I'm sure we have. Yeah. I, I mean, I can go and find out for you and confirm it, but yeah, it's a no brainer, right? That's I'm sure everybody's FOIAed it come on that you know how many i mean news editors these days i was thinking about hits like if they're if what's on the videotape is you know what has been reported there'll sure be a lot will... of
1: hits. yes and so that leads me to my the other point about the whole thing is um <laughs> chicagoans are titillated by this story let's be yes. honest about it there's yes. uh something that there's drawing us to this story It's a diversion from the utter misery of life.
5: I'm waiting for Jesse Smollett to say something. (laughs) No, really, he is. I mean, because, you know, Eddie Johnson went and he's talking about how Jesse Smollett lied to the police and lied about the situation. So I'm just waiting. Me, me and some other editors were talking about that. We're like, we're just waiting for Jesse Smollett's lawyer to file something. You know, with this, you know, the city has um, sued Jesse Smollett for all the police work that went into the investigation of Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett's obvious, for those of us who are those who don't know it at this point, I don't know how you could not know that at this point, but Jesse Smollett is an actor who uh, lied about, well, allegedly lied about being attacked in yeah. the city of Chicago. And police spent a lot of money investigating this and eddie johnson was very angry and had you know had a press conference saying that you know i i forgot what exactly he said i know rom emmanuel former mayor was very angry too i don't know who Said what, but there was a lot of anger about, you Absolutely. know. So I, I'm just waiting for Jesse Smollett. I'm surprised you haven't thought of that. I had thought that. of that. Yeah. Man, that's
1: a great, see, that's why she, I told you she's been a columnist. Sometimes people, this is a great column because. Sorry, are
5: we talking too long? Uh, <laughs> correct.
1: No, you haven't talked too long. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Loud. Great column. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're absolutely right. And, and Eddie Johnson was involved in the Justice Smollett case a couple of times. He was a, the person uh, that uh, Kim Fox called mm-hmm. uh, on behalf of someone unnamed to
5: ask the FBI to yes. investigate,
1: to ask, to move the investigation from the FBI, uh, from this the Chicago police to the FBI, thought
5: to be a hate crime.
1: yes when when, nobody i I could tell you right now nobody really believed the story but they were still working from the assumption that the story was true i don't think at any moment uh you believed jesse smollett did you at
5: any point (laughs) well right now they're all he allegedly lied um i can tell you that uh reporters in the newsroom i'm sure we were at the sun times told by multiple sources that this is not what it appears to be. As soon as we found out about the allegations that he was beaten up by men in MAGA hats. <laughs> no, I, I and, yeah. and, and, um, <laughs> there was a comment about how, or if I've, I don't know if I've been in conversation about how everything seemed too perfect. Like, yeah. okay. The alleged crime, like there were racist and homophobic slurs and whether or not people who are actually MAGA, Hat wears watch Empire, but anyway, and wouldn't this, know about Jesse Smollett so. this this
1: the just think about the two uh, expressions of outrage that you've we've talked about. One, Lori Lightfoot outraged that Eddie Johnson lied to her. Two, Eddie Johnson and Rahm Emanuel outraged that Jesse Smollett may have lied to them about what went down. Everybody's always outraged, yeah, you know, and that's why I think there's so much cynicism in the city of Chicago because there's all this outrage, <laughs> and then it turns out the people who are outraged H are
5: doing the same they, thing they were, or allegedly doing do the same, same thing that it. they were outraged that Jesse Smollett
1: did. I mean, so who's legitimately outraged?
5: i don't know i think some of the outrage is 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 obviously if it's correct it's justified but then it's like you know people are also going to be talking about hypocrisy i don't know with these allegations
1: well there is hypocrisy you're absolutely yeah i was going to say with this there the and
5: there's definitely things that people get away with and nobody really knows about until years later and we talked about the laquan mcdonald videotape if the videotape never came out none of us would have known about this and you have to think about a lot of things that if there was no videotape if there was videotape in a lot of cases what really have we missed there's a lot of things in the city i'm sure we've missed and you know if things if people aren't recorded what have we missed yeah you know
1: and and by the way there's also another element uh, that unites uh, Jesse Smollett and Eddie Johnson, and that is uh, each of them uh, it, it has been used by Donald Trump as a punching bag. Uh, John, Donald Trump loves coming back to Jesse Smollett. Oh for all well, the remember
5: he Eddie Johnson didn't come to That's the right. police uh, conference. Because, you know, of Donald Trump and you know, I think a lot of people in Chicago say they wouldn't blame him for, you know, wanting to skip Trump's speech. But did Trump tweet about this? That's my question. I've I not guess. seen a Trump tweeter. That's a good point. I've not seen you know, a... he said stuff about you know, when he when Donald Trump came and spoke, addressed this crowd, he did say something like, you know, he mentioned Eddie Johnson's absence. So I'm surprised. You know, I he's probably so busy tweeting about other things and superimposing his head on top of um <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's body from the Rocky movies so maybe He's he hasn't had busy. time
1: by the way perfect moment, uh, transition here uh, you mentioned Donald Trump has a lot on his plate a lot on his mind oh and I would I'd love to get your response uh, to what went down yesterday with Nancy Pelosi Nancy Pelosi of course the um, speaker of the house and is overseeing the democratic impeachment of Donald Trump uh, she did a, a change in this for, for a long time. She was saying, "Let's not uh, move for impeachment. Uh, it's not an issue we want to deal with coming into the 2020 elections." Obviously, uh, she's changed, and they're leading. She's leading the charge, uh, and she had some an exchange yesterday—very revealing exchange, <laughs> interesting exchange. D, you got it ready to go? Love to give her my thoughts. I don't hate
3: anybody. We don't hate anybody—not anybody in the world. So don't, don't you accuse me I did and not he, accuse you. You did. You did. I asked a
2: question. Did. And, and Representative Collins yesterday suggested that the Democrats are doing this simply because they don't like the guy. No, nothing to do with it.
3: Let me just say this. I think it's an important I point. think the president is a coward when it comes to helping uh, our, our kids who are afraid of gun violence. I think he is cruel when he doesn't deal with the, the, helping our dreamers of which we're very proud. I think he's in denial about the constitu- about the uh, climate crisis. However, that's about the election. This is about the elect. Take it up in the elect. This is about the Constitution of the United States and the facts that lead to the president's violation of his oath of office. And as a Catholic, I resent your using the word hate in a sentence that addresses me. I don't hate anyone. I was raised in a way that is full, a heart full of love and always prayed for the president. And I still pray for the president. I pray for the president all the time. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that.
1: Don't mess with me. I happen to be a fan of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, I'm not sure you share that same <laughs> maybe, fandom. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, so, I, I
5: don't try not to keep... I try to keep my opinions to myself. But I, I do think... <laughs> as she
1: about to like, I, I <laughs> unleash well, a, a lot whole of people, bunch of people A opinions. lot of
5: people think that she's, she's one of these old school Democrats, you know, kind of holding on to her power boomer. But... Uh, <laughs> She's beyond Boomer. <laughs> yeah, I, I think she's a boomer. Isn't
1: she? Uh no. Uh How old is well. She? I want to say Boomer who doesn't
5: want to give up her power.
1: Um, okay. Boomers go basically 1945 to 1965.
5: Oh, so she's older than that?
1: So yeah. So what is the generation before Boomer? She's not a greatest generation. So whatever that generation, I don't even know if they gave names to those generations.
5: I don't know. I I just thought it was interesting. I mean, that question was kind of interesting. I, I, you know, I I wonder if a reporter asked someone from Fox News if they hated Barack Obama, (laughs) if that would be like blowing up more. But uh, the question was interesting. And you said it was from a Sinclair reporter. Yes. Who, which is, is right wing. a right-wing um, publication or media company. Um, I just thought her response was interesting how she said she doesn't hate anybody. I would like it if she said she did hate Donald Trump because she's calling him a coward Then she said he was cruel. And those aren't really flattering terms. And then she talks about her Catholicism and how she was raised not to hate anyone. And I understand that. I understand she probably was raised not to hate anyone, but it'd be great. If, I thought it'd be really interesting if she said she did hate him because I I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of leaders and a lot of people who are speaking out would say that they hate him but she she probably I I feel like she was I probably you know this is the right way I I think a lot of people say that was probably the right answer well it's it's funny but because I don't know she said she prays for the president. Yeah,
1: pray, do you think she prays for him? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I'm just Donald Trump <laughs> agrees with you by the way. He tweeted out. I don't think Nancy Really? Pelosi oh god. Prays for Donald
5: me. Trump agrees with me. A lot. Uh,
1: mm. But uh, yeah, I, I I, I I struggle with this as well because many Just, people have said to me, Ben, you hate Rahm Emanuel, okay? Which, yeah. Oh, I, I think, say that. Yeah, I say that, that too. I, I, I think <laughs> many people in this room say that to me. And then I always say, I don't even know the guy. I, I may like the guy. Uh, and when the conversations I have off the record with a certain Dumkey, we always are ripping Rahm Emanuel. That's why
5: I texted you, text, text you guys when I was eating at a restaurant <laughs> and he shows up.
1: Yes, yes. He's just following you around. I
5: went to a restaurant two weeks ago, an Indian restaurant in the West Loop that a friend of mine went to, and we're sitting there eating, and all of a sudden, Rahm Emanuel walks in, and I texted you and my husband yeah, uh, at the we, same time. Hey I was man. like, you guys are the only ones who care.
1: <laughs> I said, give him a hug. I think I said that. Uh, so I don't hate him. I, I may, I dislike his policies. I may hate his policies, but I don't hate them. I don't know him. So I do like to draw that distinction. Now, yeah. there are people who will come right out and tell me, I hate so and so. Okay, they'll say that to me. Yeah. And I just try not to go there. Do you
5: hate Donald Trump?
1: Well, wow, that's a great question. God dang, Ramana Hussain, ask good questions. I don't think I hate Donald Trump.
5: Cuz I think people do you in hate my Donald Trump? I yeah, I'm not okay,
4: Come on. <laughs> you Ramana.
5: know you know my persuasion. And I probably do, but um there are, there are a lot of people in my friend circle who would have no hesitancy. Let me ask you this. Do you think Donald Trump hate, hates you? Oh yeah. Totally. I'm a child of immigrants. I'm a Muslim. I'm a woman. I don't think he but and I'm a reporter.
3: Yeah, I was the whole litany. I know
2: what I
5: was I'm sure. I live in chicago I I grew up I was born in Chicago. So I'm sure I'm sure I'm on I I check off every list.
2: The yeah. silent not, generation, by I, the way. Oh, was the uh, silent generation? I'm brown.
5: Called? How did you know that? I
2: have the internet right uh, in my oh, face. okay, yeah. I'm
5: also brown. He doesn't like brown people, so it just... I'm just saying, I don't... I, I, I don't know. Maybe he would like me. I don't know. But I think what I, I represent, he hates or yeah. pretends he hates, so...
1: Yeah, uh, but I... Pretty much oppose everything that Donald Trump has done, and uh, why
5: can't you say you hate him?
1: I don't know. It's it's a great question. I feel like I'm being uh, you're like one of those people
5: are like, oh, I love everyone. Okay, but I don't. I dislike.
1: Time out. (laughs) Never said that. (laughs) It's not one or the other. It's there's sort of a middle ground.
5: I just Uh, feel like some people can never say they hate someone, even when the person's like so odious. Yeah, the Hitler. Whole, Speaking I can of never which. Say, yeah, you'd hate Hitler, Hitler, right? Yeah, I hate Hitler.
1: Mm-hmm. I hate Hitler. <laughs> don't even know him. I hate him. Yeah, you're right. You got me there. I hate Hitler. I'm just Hitler. saying
5: there's some people who I don't hate anybody. Yeah, but you know why? I'll tell you. Because... Love everyone.
1: Trust a few. Uh, no, it's not that. <laughs> it's... If you're talking to a journalist...
5: Yeah, we have to uh, be fair.
1: It, well, if you say you hate somebody, then that implies that there's uh there's no significance uh there's no objectivity to what you're doing but i thought there's, you said journalism is
5: not there you said screw objectivity didn't you
1: yeah <laughs> oh, there is no such thing as yeah. complete and total objectivity I... but if you just say you hate him and you're just writing articles <laughs> critical of him because you hate him that's like there's a personal animus oh, of course animus. you're saying so it just undercuts the validity of anything you write so for instance uh i've been thinking about this uh the stories that mick and i wrote back in 2011 and uh 2012 about marijuana and uh so oh you just mayor roms but you just hate mayor ram and you're writing these articles we go no this is a legitimate issue got nothing to do with what i think about mayor ram uh and so i think it undercuts and so there's this defensiveness on part uh i'm just speaking for myself no i'm not doing this because i hate him because i think the issue is important now then you get to the issue of what do you feel about somebody? But you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know
5: what you're saying. I think the squad would have no problem saying they hate Donald Trump, but they might use other words.
1: I do. Would you think AOC would say, I hate Donald Trump?
5: I'm sure she has in private conversations. Private conversations. (laughs) And I'm sure Nancy Pelosi has said so in more so many words of the silent generation. Maybe she used silent generation speak.
1: I think when Nancy Pelosi says in that, uh, I pray for you, that's all. My, I pray for you. Uh, I, I wow. That but
5: makes it sound like Donald Trump needs a lot of help.
1: Yeah, uh, the way she wants a Donald program. Trump needs a lot of help. Uh, and uh, so anyway, I I, um, I thought that was one of the f- interesting. It was one of the yeah, first was, times that Nancy Pelosi like she, lose. Yeah,
5: she's very composed her, usually, um, or she's kind of. I think you know. Remember when she was clapping after Donald Trump gave that speech? It was a very patronizing collapse. So I think she does things in different ways, but yeah, she was walking away from the podium, by the way, when she was asked whether she hates Donald Trump and she started, you know, getting, you know, agitated. And then she kind of went back to the podium
1: yeah, to she committed and went back. Yeah,
5: and so that was interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh she went back. I,
5: I, I just kinda hoped that she said that she hated him. Now what did you know?
1: think about uh you heard the Hillary on the Howard Stern?
5: I didn't hear about oh. that. So um, oh, I, they, you, you talked about coming, the Bernie yeah. Sanders.
1: Yeah, she uh I,
5: What was she saying about Bernie?
1: Well she This is a subject of a a column I'm going to be writing, so it's good I talk about it. But she was saying to Howard Stern uh, in the interview that uh, that Bernie has never really um, uh, opened up to her. They don't talk to each other and that she feels personally hurt by Bernie, that he didn't go far enough uh to uh endorse her in the last election and that's part of the reason why she lost oh. and that she would hope that he would do better this time around uh with whoever the, the democratic nominee what if uh, he attempts? <laughs> <they, laughs> the underlying saying, assumption yeah yeah, yeah and i'm like well what about the centrists endorsing bernie they, you know what i'm saying and uh it just kind of brought home a point that the democratic party, the centers of the democratic party are absolutely determined to keep Bernie Sanders from being the nominee one more time. You get what I'm saying? Just yeah. Like a oh, of course
5: I've, I've heard that many times. And a lot of people who I know say that Bernie Sanders could have beat Donald Trump. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't we'll know. It's know very that. hard to tell. I thought Hillary Clinton was going to, you know, my prediction was, oh, Hillary Clinton's going to win. And yeah. you never know, right?
1: Well, she did win the popular voters. I yeah. Think but point what I mean out. is uh, like look who's president. Out. Yes. Look who's president. Indeed. Someone that uh, we don't like. Or I speaking for myself, I don't like. All right. That's uh, the time of the day. we do doing Don't
5: like you, but you don't hate. Hate? Isn't that <laughs> don't like nicer than <laughs> yeah, hate? Same thing. Almost. <laughs> is, okay. is it the same
1: thing? I think hate is harder than don't like. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's do uh, Romano's recommendations. And uh, what's at the top of the list?
5: Um, well, I do want to watch Marriage Story with Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. I heard it's supposed to be really good. It hits Netflix today, and I do want to see Knives Out. And I saw The Irishman last week. Yeah, and you had a good
1: critique of it.
5: Yeah, and my husband uh, actually stayed awake for the whole thing.
1: That's a miracle.
5: So that's because it's a subject matter-, matter that he like loves. So he, I was like... I don't know if you're going to stay awake for this whole thing because it was three and a half hour movie. I thought it was very good. I like Scorsese in general. And um, I know we, I was talking with you and I mentioned to my husband too, and men usually don't notice these things, but um, as a woman, you notice that there's barely any women in, in the movie. Um, And obviously um, Anna Paquin plays a very important character in the movie um, that shows, you know, she's she's the daughter of um, Frank. What's his last name again? Uh, an Irish name, yeah, Sharon. And uh, she basically did not approve of what he was doing. And you know, I don't know if you knew, but she only had seven words in the entire three and a half hour movie. And the women in the movie, the wives of these you know mob related figures, um, only talked about smoking cigarettes on the car ride. So a lot of a lot of women or a lot of people have been pointing out that there was like no female characters or there were female characters but didn't say much and that is a common that is a common theme that a lot of women kind of nitpick or when there are female characters they're very one-dimensional I thought Anna Paquin did a really great job because a lot of people are saying in what she wasn't saying there was a lot of emotion on her face Mm. so I I, you know I don't think I think a lot of men in general and I told this to my husband who's like looking at me like That was crazy. But I'm like, I think most um, male directors don't get female characters right anyway. Can you think of any who do? uh, A few do. I'm trying to think. Like traditionally, like all these movies that Martin Scorsese did, I mean, they're just like wives and girlfriends and they have like, you know, these little scenes, mm-hmm. you know, love scenes and that's it. You know, like women characters aren't fleshed out in general. And I'm sure you know about the Bechdel test. Have you ever heard about the Bechdel test? Yeah. What, what is that? Again? That's like when you look at a movie and and the characters, you, you see the female characters when they're, you know, how developed are they? And whether there's, like, a test, like, whether or not they're always there just for the male character's purpose or talking about a male character. So, it's, like, this really interesting test. And a lot of movies, especially made by men, are don't pass. I'm not saying, like, every movie made by female directors. I mean, I can nitpick things, too. But I thought Scorsese did a good job. I like his movies, so... I tend to like his movies, so I I don't know if you saw Silence. That was supposed to be...
1: I did not see Silence. That's a
5: really good movie, and a lot of people would say it's boring, but I didn't find it boring at Mm. all. It's also three hours long. I think that was his last big movie before this one.
1: Uh, Wolf of Wall Street.
5: No, uh, no. Silence came out after Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Uh,
1: And yeah, I did not see Silence. I think... But he makes quintessential guy movies. So for like Goodfellas, yeah, guys but I love watch, sitting around talking I love about
5: Goodfellas, Goodfellas. But the thing is, okay, fine, it's a guy movie, but I'm watching it as a woman. Why don't guys watch movies that are mostly female characters in it? You guys would say it was a chick flick. I don't want to watch this.
1: Yes, a chick flick. Why it's, isn't, it's a guy uh, flick. Uh, <laughs> it's a guy flick. So, so I know, I, but
5: women watch the guy flicks. My question is, why don't men watch? You don't want to watch Frozen. That's like a.
1: I've never seen of, Frozen. It's,
5: I think you'd like it. I didn't would see I, it yet. I yeah, don't know. A, I don't know.
1: I've never seen Frozen, but,
5: but I, I do. I do. I, that's just. I think it's a good critique. Some critique. Some people are saying that you know. Too I, I? They're being too harsh. Have you ever seen the Notebook? Easy. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces. Okay. Even I don't. I don't know if I would. like that. <laughs> The Notebook. Did you cry.
1: The Notebook is a quintessential chick flick. <laughs> I mean, and uh, I've been in rooms with there was like. Duma a lot.
5: and Louise is a great chick flick.
1: Great. It's, chick
5: all the men are one dimensional and so it's great
1: yeah it's a great flick <laughs> uh and uh, it stands the test of really time good, yeah but uh Goodfellas is a guy flick you go bunch of guys you sit around they talk about it forever they can qu- quote huge i like chunks it too it. i like it too uh, and uh, well the one, it's one of my favorite movies the one i'm going to throw out uh i said this jojo rabbit I, I saw it and um i really liked it a lot yeah uh it's i urge everybody to check it out um I was turned off at the outset at the notion that this boy would have a fantasy of figure, Hitler, Hitler being a fun guy, right? Yeah, yeah. but you just you gotta I, see. I know, it I know what play. it's about,
5: and yeah. I read about it, and yeah. so because he's um, part of the Hitler Youth, correct? Or yeah,
1: he's a wannabe in the Hitler Youth. Yeah, a wannabe—that's yeah. what it is.
5: And his mom, I know, like there's yeah. a young girl.
1: Let's not well, give, give away it, too okay, much I, of the story. Okay, fine. Uh, I'll but stay, I'll it's, stay it's quiet. definitely it's a very it's a. It, it, I thought it was a strong anti-war movie, and there's some very powerful scenes in there. And uh, and you just mentioned Scarlett you, Johansson did yeah. a great job, and the little kids. Kill it in this movie. So I urged everybody. I think the little boy who is in Hitler's Youth, this chubby, uh, <laughs> round cheek fella, uh, who I think this may have been his first movie. That kid should be nominated for best supporting actor because he's so funny and endearing.
5: Anna Paquin won a supporting actress, didn't she? Like yes, she uh, did. yeah, when she was in the in the piano,
1: and she was about I nine years that. old. Yep,
5: I love that movie, but. What are you going to watch this weekend? Since you watch more movies, Uh, I I
1: will. I will be watching a a guy movie, a dude flick. Uh, at uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Oh,
5: I do want to see. I heard that was surprisingly very good, even though it's about cars. Yeah, about cars and uh, race. It's a race, but I will definitely
1: see it. It's about well, uh, uh, a race in the. 1960s, and uh, so I'll be definitely watching that one. Uh, Ramona, Hussain is your name? It's the Romano rundown every Friday. Uh, Romano, thanks so much for coming in. And uh, I got a funny feeling Eddie Gate will still be around next week when we bring yes. him back. I got a funny, it's still like that Jesse Smollett story. It'll keep this going. This is not dying anytime soon. The
5: Energizer Bunny.
1: The Energizing Brother. All right, very good, Romano, Thank you very much. Andrew Schneider is on the deck. He's outside. We're going to bring him in when we return.
4: Thank you, Chicago, for this humbling victory. All I can say, you sure know how to make a guy feel at home.
2: Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarovsky, The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Did you know that
1: 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true.
2: LandCremationOptions.com. It's Chicagoland's Adult Entertainment Playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore, and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit... AdmiralX.com Must be 18 years of age or older to enter.